when we have services at times of the day that I'm not usually used to, I tend to say good morning when it's not morning. But we're now somewhere at the precipice before I can mistakenly say good morning and actually be correct. We're almost there. We are almost over that tipping point where we move from Advent to Christmas. Advent historically has been a time of pause and reflection, of penitence, of stopping, a time of fasting. I fear, however, I think that is a battle that isn't being won at the moment by the church. Both sociologically, there are lots of things happening in the world, Christmas parties, shopping, celebrations, which aren't going to stop. And I think maybe we should start to welcome those celebrations of Jesus' birth even before the official start of Christmas. But also that we live in a world of plenty where feasting is something that happens regularly. Advent is a time of fasting. Christmas is a feast. And one of my calls for us today It's for us to feast well. One of the reasons I think the difference between Advent and Christmas is being lost is one, because the world is no longer very good at keeping a sense of pause and reflection. But secondly, I think the thing that we can control is that perhaps the church has has lost its way in encouraging people to feast. The dark may not be very dark anymore, but the church has not been very good at saying, let's feast and rejoice in the light. One sign of this may be uh, my church warden, not the one that's present. You're off the hook. One of my church wardens has told my children that Father Christmas is on a health kit this year, and he doesn't want mince pies and mulled wine left out. He wants juice and, 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 and fruit. So I'm very disappointed <laughs> that Father Christmas has been left out as Satsuma and squash <laughs> rather than mince, pie, mince pies and wine. We need to be a people that feast uh, I wasn't always in the church of England. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but my first church that I went to was a free church, a Baptist church, really, in background. And they did puritanical thought quite well. There was often long debates about whether or not the phrase Merry Christmas was quite the right phrase to use, because we shouldn't be too merry. We're Christian, after all. I, with boldness, Always say, Merry Christmas. And sometimes I find people in the door, as I shake their hands and vigorously say, Merry Christmas, respond with a meek and mild, Happy Christmas, Father. (laughs) Please don't call me Father. Happy Christmas, Vicar. Let us be a people of celebration, of joy this Christmas time. Let us feast tomorrow for the sun of the Most High is amongst us. And this is why we had these two songs read out to us, first from the Old Testament in the Psalms, and then from the words of Zechariah in Luke. 
Because they are sons of celebration. They are sons of rejoicing. They are sons of joy. And I think the psalm that was read by Nally outlines three reasons why we feast. Firstly, because the Lord is at work among us. It encourages you personally to celebrate. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among the people. You sing, you praise, you celebrate personally, you feast because God is at work for you. The baby in the manger is the true king. The advent of the Christ child means that we don't have some theistic God that is long way off. Some God who is like a machine that operates creation at a distance. But we have a God who comes to us personally and meets with us individually. God's salvation plan is at work in you in us, if we choose to accept it. God has come for you, to you, for you. Secondly, the psalm goes on to talk about how God is kin. Say among the nations, the Lord is kin, it declares. It talks of the families of the peoples should ascribe to the glory of the Lord. The reason we feast together and not just celebrate individually is because God has done a work for all of us, together. That God builds a community of people, for he is our kin and therefore we are his people. We feast never alone. We feast together, sometimes with strangers. And today, as we gather around this table and share bread and wine, we will share bread and wine with people we are unfamiliar with, but people we are united by Christ with. And finally, we feast because the whole of the earth rejoices in the Lord. The heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the psalmist says. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. The whole of creation is being redeemed through the Christ child in the baby. You see this in the story, the Christmas story, how many different elements of nature and creation are pulled together. Stars, heavenly hosts, animals are all involved in the Christmas story. The plan that God has for this world does not stop with just you and I, but involves the restoration of all of the world, the whole cosmos. We feast because we take the produce of the world. We share it with our community 
and we celebrate individually. Because that is a symbol of what Christ is doing in the baby Jesus. He's redeeming the whole of creation. He's redeeming us as families and communities. And he's redeeming us personally. So this Christmas time, may you know the baby in the manger is your saviour. Who is Lord over us all and unites us. In order that we may join with him, redeeming all of creation. For his sake, for his glory. Amen. And six minutes early, Merry Christmas.